Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Raising His Kids. Today we have Dominique here and we are talking healthy boundaries. So welcome, Dominique. Thank you. Happy to be here. We are so happy to have you here. I think healthy boundaries is something that everyone in the world needs, but especially step parents. Um, And we are often not really sure how to go about implementing them. So I'm really excited about this topic. Yes, it's so well needed. And like, sometimes it can get very blurred as in like, what's okay, and what isn't okay. And like establishing those boundaries, because when you cross them, and you, even if you don't mean to, it's very triggering to the other person. So it's just it's something that needs to happen. It's very important. It is because if you don't talk about it, then they don't even know it is a boundary also. Right. So having the conversation is so important, but it, it is like awkward to go about implementing them sometimes. Well, do you want to give us a quick intro about you and your blended life and then we'll really get into it? Yes. No. So my husband and I, we are We've been together and it's been going on now six years and we have, goodness, a lot of children. I have to think about it. Um, Four (laughs) kids in total. So he has two boys. I have my daughter and we recently have our baby son together. So we are a full house now. (laughs) Yeah. And I call it a beautiful struggle because children are beautiful. And of course, they're children. So there's going to be day to day struggles, especially with co parenting and blended families. Right? Yeah, I imagine um, when you have a blend on both sides, it it adds a degree of difficulty. I know uh, my co host Tony deals with that too. And it's just like, (laughs) I can't imagine that. (laughs) Yes, it's a lot, especially with the kids going to one home to a different home. So it's different dynamics, different rules, and it's a lot of transition time. So it's just like so many adjustments on top of the layers of being a kid and going through a divorce. So that's just a lot to work with. Yeah, definitely. So do you have the kids like your bio kids and his bio kids on the same days? Or are they like, not the same? (laughs) So yeah, so with my daughter, I primarily have her um, all the time. So basically, with um, his kids, they come for a week, and then they leave to their mothers. And if that makes sense, 50-50 custody. So basically, all the kids are together when everybody comes back. Oh, okay. So you are you have your daughter like most of the time she doesn't go away every other weekend or anything she used to and because of circumstances um parenting schedule got changed she used to go to her her biological father every other weekend and the schedule was changed and so primarily I have her now and so it's been a lot of new changes for sure and with our baby, of course, he's going to be with us 100% of the time. So we are going through right now trying to balance 
parenthood and husband and wife and trying to maintain boundaries, healthy boundaries, self-care, all the above, and just trying to thrive. Yes. And that is so hard. I just made a post yesterday about how you can never count on the custody schedule staying the same. Like something's always going to change. Yes. Like it's, and it's interesting. Like, I don't know for your your situation or Tony's situation, but I was involved with the court and the judge, of course, is going to just, you know, judge and make assessment what's best for the child. And of course, they are not going to go through every detail. And it's just a simple order. And I find it that if parents could go through mediation and try to have common ground, then going through a judge and just get it signed off. So it's all notarized, it's all you know legal and everyone's protected. It's much easier than a judge because a judge, they see up to 50 cases a day and right. they don't know you, they don't know your background, they don't know your child. And it's just, there's no attachment and they're just, you know, going through it as a process, as another case. So there's sometimes you basically don't get what you want, of course, and what's even best for the child. Oh, exactly. That's what um, we went to court. It was during COVID. So it was a couple years ago now, but um, we, we both lost us and bio mom. It's like neither of us got what we wanted because it just went through court in Australia. I don't know if you listened to our court episode, but Tony was saying in Australia, you have to go through mediation before you go to court. I wish that was the case here. I really like you were just saying, I feel like it would just make everything so much easier. Yes, I love that. That's even like the first step is just to try to work it out. And if it can't be, then of course, that would be the next step. But usually the first step, people are just immediately going to court and trial and it's this battle and it's just money is lost, time is lost and it's extra stress that you don't need anyways, but it's very detrimental and it's not really benefiting really. Oh, so true. It's exhausting and expensive and (laughs) totally not interested in that at all. (laughs) So I just wanted to, I looked up like the definition of like what counts as healthy boundaries. And just in case anyone listening wants a definition, I'm going to read that. So um, it's basically just the limits you place around your time, emotions, body, and mental health to stay resilient, solid, and content with who you are, which that's from the Science of People website. And I just thought that was such a perfect way to describe like what you need healthy boundaries for. No, that's a great definition. And first, like it needs to be talked about and already like, okay, if we're going to talk about this, are we going to meet in person, talk on a phone, email or text? Like what's even the safe place to even talk about this? Like that's like number one first. <laughs> right. I agree with that. Um, Me and my husband have started doing everything over text or email because bio mom would like go back on like what she said if we did it in person she would be like oh that wasn't said this is like this is what we agreed on and like everything would change so we decided that like every agreement we came to had to be in writing so that we could all reference it so I, that's an example of a boundary too is like you're you need to just protect your mental health on that level because we are fighting with her constantly. We'd be like, no, you're changing everything. And it just got so exhausting. And you really don't want to fight with bio mom. Like, you know, we respect and we love bio mom and that's not the purpose. And 
there's just a lot of layers to it. And we haven't talked about co-parenting or even healthy boundaries um, with bio mom. I think the last meeting, goodness, maybe this was in 2020-ish, we talked at a coffee shop and unfortunately it did not end well. It was an argument and as an outsider, stepmom, like you see like, oh, if they talk to each other in this tone, in this way, they could understand each other. But it's just, there's a, so much history and it's it was a lot. And like, so the situation was, so bio mom texted my husband about the password to a school login. And basically with COVID, you have to log in and do this protocol right? Because everything with COVID, it's harder. So she um, didn't have the login information password and she forgot and he and she asked him and he was like, how is that something you don't know? And we've been going to school and it led to an argument of why can't you just give me the password? And basically to the layers, what my husband was feeling was he was feeling like if he ever makes mistakes, he would get shot. But if she makes mistakes, it's everything's okay. Yeah. And also like on top of the layers of he feels like when it comes to their boys, he always wants to work with her together, but she hasn't found common ground with him. And then on her side, she always feels like he rejects her opinions and her thoughts about how to raise the boys or what we should do. And the list just goes on like tip for tack. He did this to me. She did this. And so that's what it is already with the bad history. And it was a bad divorce. And there's just so much layers, hurt and trauma. And I can understand and see it from both sides. And what they really need is like sitting down, find a safe place to talk about this, that they both are listened and heard and understood. But it's Obviously, it's easier said than being done to get to that place. And that's where healthy boundaries is not even established. And that's when things get messy. <laughs> yes, that is true. And that's kind of like where if a stepmom wants to be involved in communication, that's kind of where um, it could really be helpful because I don't have that history with bio mom the way my husband does. So I am able to like see things in like a clearer light. And while I would want to respond the way your husband did with like, how do you not have the password? It's like, I have like the voice of reason where I'm like, don't say that because it's just going to start a fight. And it's like, there's just no reason to. So um, I've somehow kind of become like a mediator in our situation. It's not exactly what I wanted, but we all have a group chat. And basically like when they start fighting, I'm like, okay, well, this is over. So here's the information you need and we're just gonna like do things our way or whatever and um I feel like I need to put a boundary there too but so far it's working so I'm just leaving it because we're not having as much conflict um which is really the end goal at least for me I just there was so much conflict in the beginning between everybody so I'm like it's gotten better and I'm just like oh let's just keep getting it better because I just don't want the conflict no we don't we're ready you know raising children we don't want more problems than we have right (laughs) yeah like that's already exhausting and so like time consuming and like it consumes so much of your mental space too the last thing in the world you need to be worried about is conflict with anybody but like your partner's ex it does and same with you we do have a group chat and 
unfortunately, the times that they're having an argument, I am busy. And I'm like, why does this happen when I'm busy? <laughs> like, I'm legit busy. And I'm like, <sighs> you know, and it's right. like already finished. And I can't just chime in because they already argued and talked about the situation. And it's like, I've been reading books again and like really thinking on both of their views how they're feeling and like what's appropriate and what's not appropriate because you can't make someone talk about something if they don't want to but there is seriously big issues that need to be talked about and addressed because I feel like they just keep bottling in and it just gets underneath the table and there's just so much underneath the table and that it spills over and basically for the boys for their appointments that's been an issue and she explained that she had state insurance which there's absolutely nothing wrong with state insurance it's still health insurance to provide for your children my husband has always worked and he has given the boys his insurance primarily and So that's been a conflict on like, where are they going to go to the dentist? Where are they going to go to the doctor? And all those details. And, and I used to work as a case manager and worked with the state a lot and with children and with state insurance, it's only going to cover so many areas versus uh, another insurance that is more of a premium. So you can kind of branch out more and have better services. And so an example I will use was the dentist. So the state insurance was covered to take the boys to CMAR. And it's not the worst place in the world. It's just not the best, right? And my husband did not like that place. And she felt like, again, rejection and like, I'm the mother, why can't I have some input where they should go to the dentist? And what could have been a better conversation was, okay, if we're going to go with your insurance, since you're working, my husband's insurance, then what insurance do you have exactly? So I can look up places and then get back to you. And then we can agree. And that hasn't been done. And that is work to do. But that would be more of a middle solution to be like, they get to they both get to be involved and pick and it's best for the boys. And that's something that hasn't happened. So and that was like a blow up about appointments and not being discussed and not being told. And I guess my husband told her in person when he picked up the boys. And that's what happened. And it wasn't through a text message. And that was unfortunately a bad argument about they didn't know about the appointment and need to be notified of in time. And, and it sounds like moving forward, they want to be directed through text message by a mom, which is fine. And again, with the boundaries, and it's like, okay, then we should not talk to you, then are you saying we can't talk to you? And we're only going to do text message. And the thing is, at the end of the argument, there was like closing remarks from my husband but it wasn't established from her like confirming like okay are we just going to just text move forward or are we going to email like it hasn't been exactly 100% confirmed if that makes sense right so that is something that um 
it always happens in conflict with us too. It's like there's an argument about a subject, it turns into other subjects, and then there's no conclusion. Like there's nothing that's going to like help it move forward in any way. So um, that is extremely frustrating. And I totally understand that. And that's also... Uh, I've made posts about it on my personal account before, and it could be a whole other podcast is like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. The tone of bio parents talking to to each other, it just sets, it just sets them off and like a whole like tangent that just doesn't need to be had. And that is um, completely exhausting, kind of off topic, but it's, it's really hard. (laughs) Tone is everything though. And again, yes. with a healthy boundary and like, again, about healthy boundaries, I think sometimes it's best to communicate with your co-parent in a business-like way. Yes. Like even though like you don't work together, but think of it as your coworker, like you're not going to yell at your coworker or <laughs> call them names. Hopefully not. Right. So right. that's what you have to think about. And I kind of have to think about like work, like not that we treat our coworkers better, but we have more rules and respect, right? Right. Versus like in our personal lives, it kind of can sometimes go out the window because that person easily triggers you or they upset you or something happens with your children and children is a big deal. It's basically your everything. If your child's hurt and you're, you're immediately set in reaction mode and you're angry towards that other person. Definitely. Yeah. That adding kids to it adds a whole new trigger for sure. How old are, is everyone's kids in your family? So my daughter is 12 and then the boys, they are 10 and eight and the baby is seven months. Oh, okay. Oh, congratulations. You just had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool that all the, uh, like yours and his, your daughter and his boys are all like relatively close in age. By two years apart. That's basically cool because the oldest is 12 then it's 10 then it's eight, so it kind of goes together yeah do do they get along pretty well they do I mean it's normal when they have disagreements but they do get along for the most part and they love each other and they do have that respect and with my daughter she was an only child first and she always wanted siblings so which has worked out and ironically I did not notice about her but she told me I never wanted sisters and I'm like what do you mean you asked me when you're four years old I'm like and she's like no I deal better with boys because I can kind of goof off with them and go a little rough play with them and sisters are just more sensitive and I'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny so have you had to implement any boundaries with the kids themselves or really just bio mom yes with the kids so we have family rules so when the boys come back to us on Friday we don't talk about the rules because we just want them just to ease coming back here with us adjusting because it's a lot they're at a they're gone from us at their mother's for a week. So they're just sinking in like being at home with us. And then Saturday for breakfast, then we talk about the rules. And it's literally this huge sign that we have. And basically, we don't make it like these are daddy's rules or my rules. It's more like these are rules like you should just do in life in general, because we want them to be healthy, happy and successful and learn how to respect and be kind to people. So like the first one is being respectful. And we talk about what this respect look like. 
and about loving each other first. So we even talked about with the boys, like if you love and respect your brother first, and if you both are doing it, you would fight a little bit less because you're thinking about your brother first. And if you both are doing it, right, it makes sense. Right. And we talk about like, we're a team, we're a family. So clean up after yourself. Like, it's okay that you play with your toys, draw and color, but just putting it back to where it is. Because if you don't put it back to where it is, then we lose it and we can't find it. And we know how important it is for you to want to have that game and to want to color. And we try to make it to their level, like what they value. So it makes sense. So they can think about it because kids brains, <laughs> it's up and down, right? So right. <laughs> we have to get to their level, what's important to them, and then they can understand it. Definitely. That's what we're working on too. My stepson's seven and obviously having a clean room isn't what's important to him. So we we have to like get on that level where it's like, well, if you don't put this away, then it's going to get stepped on and broken or like whatever. So um, toys are definitely what's important to them. I like no, that you guys sure. do that. <laughs> you guys do that every like every Saturday every, they come back. Every Saturday. It's just part of a tradition we do. And they... I mean, kids just want to be with their parents. They want to be around this. So I think it's a great bonding time and for them to have questions and talk about anything, really. And Yeah, I love that. And we always make sure, like, with the rules, like, because sometimes kids can get confused, which makes sense with mom's rules or dad's rules. And that's why we don't label it as dad's rules because this we tell them, like, this is how we're trying to prepare you when you go to school, when you're out in the real world with your friends, and like, it just makes sense, like you should be kind and respect other people. And while obviously, if they're not being kind and respectful back towards you, what do we do about it? And we have those conversations about keeping those healthy boundaries. It doesn't mean that you're going to be mean to them back. It just means that, okay, you're not going to play with that person because they can't be kind to you. And you just let them know and walk away and we want to help them learn how to cope and de-escalate because we can't control everything. There's something is always going to happen. Right. So we just want them to be prepared as much as, as they can. I love that. I really like that you label it as like, these are rules that you should be following in your everyday life, not just here. I really like that. And like with my daughter and the baby and we all call each other family like not half siblings, step siblings, we're family. And we talk about like, what does family mean? Exactly. And like, and I've used examples about like blood sometimes isn't thicker than water. Because sometimes, even when you're biologically related to your family, they don't really treat you like family, right? Right. So we just talk about those dynamics and everything. Because it can get complicated, especially when it comes to meeting new friends and new people. Like, how do they introduce everyone, right? Right. Yeah, that's and, always, like, a weird topic in blended families, I think. So, and we talk about that a lot. And with healthy boundaries, we talk about, like, it's okay if they if people call my daughter your sister. They're just assuming because it's family, you don't always need to correct them, right? Right. And like we started pretty early um, with the kids, like, for example, so they love ice cream, right? So they're very visual. So we had like ice cream, right? So we asked the boys, okay, how would you feel if 
I only gave ice cream to my daughter just because she's biologically my daughter and they would feel sad. That's what they said. That's not right. And I'm like, exactly. We're all family. It doesn't matter where we came from, right? It's about the relationship, the bond. And they kind of understand that as a step parent, it is hard because like you have to have to love more children that aren't yours, right? Biologically. And the boys are starting to understand that. Um, We watch, it's another tradition. We watch Darman. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it, but Darman has these amazing videos and they have so many videos of lessons of life and family. And they talk about the dynamics of stepmoms and they watched it and they're like, oh, wow. And like, see on the outside view, then they kind of were seeing like, it's not so easy being a step parent, because sometimes step kids can say mean things, or sometimes the parents can push the step parent out. And again, it's not about the step parent, you know, it's, it's about the kids. But it's just nice to be recognized once in a while, you know? Right. Yeah, I think it's uh, at some point in their lives, it's important for them to like, see the challenges you go through anyway. So that's kind of a cool way to show them that. And like, I learn with healthy boundaries for myself. And I talk to my husband a lot. Self care is definitely needed. And usually I'm doing it when I um don't have the boys. So like, I have like a ritual, like on this weekend, I'm going to go see my best friend or I'm going to go eat at my favorite restaurant or something that would make me feel better. And if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. And a situation I was frustrated. It was a long time ago, but I was like journaling and reflecting. It's And I don't know if this has ever happened to you. So we have our set schedule 50-50 one week with us one week at their mom's and it's like when if the other parent has asked you to keep the kids longer what do you do like how do you respond to that and and already they're asking and that's in my opinion a big thing to even be brave enough to even put it out there and ask right to if you can keep them longer and that's what it's hard because you feel like if I say no am I being a bad person if I say no if I say yes does this mean that we're opening that gate, we're going to keep the kids longer in the future when it's not our time? Right. Yeah. It, questions like that are always hard. Um, I am grateful that that's one thing that us and bio mom are good about is like, if she has something going on, we'll take him. If we have something going on, she'll take him. So luckily that's one conflict we really don't have too much of. So you said you've been in a blend for like six years, you said, right? Yes. Okay, so like how far into that blend did you start implementing or realizing that boundaries were necessary? Or did you just know from the beginning? I knew from the beginning they were necessary. But obviously, if you just started dating, you can't just come in like, okay, I'm gonna make these boundaries and rules. No. (laughs) So it's gonna take some time, especially like, if you know, making sure my before my husband, and I were married, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. So I can't just come in as girlfriend, like doing all these things. So it wasn't until we started living together, then about the healthy boundaries, um, I brought it up since I was going to be living there. And how are we going to do this? Yeah, I think when it's like a situation where you're all living in the same house, if you haven't brought it up by then, it's 
pretty imperative to do it at that point, I think. No, definitely. And it's like, there's just so much like that needs to be addressed. And like, so this is a very petty thing I'm going to bring up. (laughs) But there have been arguments over clothes and shoes. Oh, this is a hot topic for (laughs) stepmoms. (laughs) And um, so even from my experience with my daughter's biological dad, we never argued about clothes. He would just bring them back. And the only one time that her shoes were forgotten, I just literally texted him saying, hey, would you be okay bringing the shoes or I can pick them up? And if he was fine about it, right? Which isn't always the case for everyone else no. with shoes. <laughs> and and literally the boys have said like, they can't wear those shoes at their moms or we need to keep them here or like they have expressed like oh I need that shirt back because it belongs to my moms and all these other issues and literally um thank goodness we have the ring because it's a video and it has and it has a camera I'm able to look back what did they wear when we got them back and put them back in the same clothes <laughs> that's so, smart yeah, it's conflict conflict and literally the kids should just have their own shoes and clothes and if it's an issue we could just text like hey can you bring back the shoes or give them back to me when you can but it's just very hostile that that hasn't have been happening on texting back and and boys of course they're very active so shoes will break and right. it's like this has never been a conversation that hasn't happened but it's like do we who buys the shoes right are we going to split them or if I buy the shoes then they need to be coming back when they come to my house and that conversation has never happened right right yeah, that's true. We haven't actually had the conversation either. But if we send him home in something, we are never going to see it again. And we know that. So we've started doing what you did. And we just wash the clothes that he came to us in. And we just uh, send him back in those clothes. Unless he's unless we're dropping him back off at school because he doesn't want to go to school in the same clothes he wore the day, right. like, uh, the Friday before, which is fine. But yeah, it, we've learned the hard way after losing so many clothes that we are never going to see them again. So there has to be a boundary on that too, for sure. And you're absolutely right that there should be an actual conversation about it, but we've never had that either. And it's like sad because like, even though children may not say it all the time, but they can feel emotion. They're really in tune with emotion, what's going on. Like, for example, so my second stepson, he recently had a birthday and I bought him a shirt of his of a video game that he really liked and he really wanted to bring it to the other house. And I said, like, how about we hold your thought? Okay, I think it's a I think that's great that you asked and and I validated that, of course, we care about how you feel and you want to show off your shirt. But let's talk as a family with daddy when he comes home from work and let's go from there. So I didn't like say yes or no, not even a maybe. I just said like, we will continue this because I try to avoid the word no, because it can be very triggering to children and trying to give them a quick reason and then he can just move on and go from there. So my husband and I talked about like, 
again, that we're not going to see the shirt again. And in my head, I'm like, why can't we just have a conversation, like just ask for the shirt, but I didn't want to just chime in while we're having this conversation with my stepson about it. But it's just like, if we had these conversations and have like, foundation, we can give more concrete answers, and everyone would know what's happening. Right? Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. We my son is only set he just turned seven. So he's still pretty young. But um, he doesn't really care about clothes too much yet. But if he really likes a shirt, and he wants to bring it to his mom's house, we basically just have the conversation with him that if he brings it there, then he will never be able to wear it here again, probably unless he brings it back himself. And then he we just let him decide if he wants to keep it at his mom's like, that's fine. A one shirt here and there. We're not going to have, we're not going to fight too much about, but it is frustrating when we have to keep buying clothes and they keep getting left over there because we pack up everything neatly folded, washed everything and send it back to the other house. But <laughs> we don't get that same uh, courtesy. And that's when arguments happens like, well, you didn't bring back my shirt or what are you talking about? Or you get, you sent me broken shoes, you throw away. It, it can go on and on. Yeah. And for me, I'm more of a person like, okay, this happened in the past. Let's focus on now. Like, okay, what can we do now so we can stop having these arguments? We know what the boundary is. What are we going to do? And how can we get better? Right? Right. And that hasn't happened. And it really frustrates me because I like to make solutions. I like for things to get better. And I can admit, I haven't reached out. And it's because I don't know if it's safe to reach out, right? Because if you're talking, if you bring on a new topic, and you're not the bio parent, can you do that, right? Even though we're talking about healthy boundaries, and it's really a great thing to talk about, and it's needed, but wait, you know, you can't, you have to get consent. Is that even okay? So how do you go around it? Right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's always a hard uh, place for step parents to be where it's like, is this my place to say something? Like, I know it will be beneficial to everybody, but will is it my place or will it be well received? I mean, right. sometimes even if it is your place, if you and your husband agree that it is, it still may not be well received by the other bio parent. Exactly. She texted a year ago and I thought it was a really sweet message and from her about with her oldest son, my oldest stepson about she would want to celebrate together when he graduates from high school, and which would be awesome. But there's just so much baggage and no healthy boundaries happening that that could even happen. Because first of all, we don't do birthdays together. They goodness, they the last so the last birthday party they did together was in 2018 and it did not go well. I didn't I didn't attend, not because I didn't want to. So the situation was Bio Mom was hosting it and at the time I'm girlfriend, not wife, and we weren't living together. And not that Bio Mom said I wasn't allowed to come. It just was never known or established. And her boyfriend came to the party because she's hosting it. So of course he could come and they are still together. And my husband at the time asked me not to attend to respect those boundaries, which was fine because it's about their son's birthday. And I just sent a gift and that was it. 
And then moving on to these other birthdays, they haven't done one together. They don't really work well together on planning birthdays. And the last time we invited her to a birthday party for my oldest stepson was when he was eight. And other than the COVID party, she has always come to the oldest birthday parties we have invited her. But my husband has never been invited to attend to any of the boys birthday parties when she has had them. So that hasn't been a thing. So and again, not a discussion about like, okay, are we not doing birthday parties? Are we not inviting? And I guess moving forward, they are just doing separated parties, because that's what's been happening. And at first, in the beginning, the boys wanted to do it together. But now that they're older, they are just used to it. Right. But you're right, having like a conversation about like, what are we doing would just eliminate so much like stress or like uncertainty on the whole thing. And like my husband, like, he would be open to conversation. I think he's just been burnt out Mm -hmm. (laughs) with all the history, again, and just feeling like if he has feelings, they are not respected, they are not heard that it can only be about what bio mom feels. It cannot be anything about him at all, even when he's talking about the boys. Like if he has an opinion about the boys, he is not allowed to express them. So that's how bad it is. Right. <laughs> and um, so that's what's really hard. And like a big argument that they had in front of the boys, sadly, was about parent-teacher conference. Oh, so that's hard, especially in front of the boys. They don't do parent-teacher teacher conferences together, but there was one time that she came to the boys' conference when my husband took them and he scheduled his own and she didn't tell him that she was coming and it just oh. blew up in front of the boys, unfortunately. Oh, no, that's horrible. And my husband said it was a boundary that she crossed on going when they were doing it separately while she talked about, well, the parenting plan about it says that we do things together about the school and stuff, right? So they're back and forth. And that's what happened. And that's why it's so important, whoever's listening, not to (laughs) establish healthy boundaries. So this doesn't happen. Right? Yeah, I'm really pro on over communicating. There's nothing wrong with over communicating from food from the boys, like asking like, Oh, did they eat breakfast or lunch? Right? It's just you know, knowing how to move things for or like, oh, if this happens, would I can I call you or you would prefer a text message like and I was like on Google because I was thinking uh, when I used to be a case manager and I worked with this family and they had a co parenting situation. So I told them to get the app. It's called Tim tab. So basically, it like tracks like the parenting scheduling and like you can look up, okay, this is when I'm going to have summer schedule with the kids or when it becomes with money, it tracks like expenses and it's just it's everything on there and it's easy to document and it can right. kind of help with those boundaries and kind of like proof like, okay, I paid for there's soccer and this is money that you have to pay because we're supposed to be paying half of it. Right. 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 Oh yes. Uh, I, Tony uses a parenting app too. And we suggested it uh, to buy a mom and she was not interested in that, but having like the same 
like looking at the same schedule and the same uh like documents for finance stuff it's like it would just be so so much easier than you both keeping your own scheduling or documents or whatever and then being like oh can you send me this because that's what we do it's like oh did you pay this half of this medical bill like yes i did now i have to dig through all this stuff to find the like proof that i paid it and it's just it would just be so much easier if it could all be in one spot. <laughs> exactly. And it's even with texting, like I know texting is the quickest way to respond, obviously, but it's hard to keep track of because you're texting and texting and it just piles on versus right. having a simple app that kind of has everything organized and you can kind of see it and easy to track it. Definitely. Yeah, I think they're a great solution for people who are willing to use them I guess so I if you don't mind I'll just ask you some listener questions and uh we could get your insight on those oh yes okay so the first one is how do I set healthy boundaries if bio mom doesn't acknowledge me oh that's a tough one that is hard (laughs) so basically it's gonna take a lot of work and patience but just owning like you are still a parent to those children you take care of them you have a relationship with them and just and just make sure to embrace that and focus that relationship with your children first and loving them and like even if she never acknowledges you sometimes you just have to be the bigger person and just not engage and let your partner do it because yes. sometimes that sometimes that the bio parent can be very toxic and very it can be they can be even narcissistic and sometimes they're dealing with a mental illness that you can't even talk to them and you may not know that they are having dealing with a mental illness and they're just always in high conflict and you just can't it's like talking to a wall yeah and so you true. and emotionally and physically it just drains you and that's not what you need and just focusing on the children and if there is contact with the other parent, just establishing the boundary of like what is okay and what's not okay and that you are there to take care of the children and do what is best. And that's what I would say. Definitely. And I mean, if there needs to be boundaries set for your family, just have your partner reach out right. and set those boundaries because if it needs to be made, it needs to be made. And if he has to be the one to do it, then it's kind of his responsibility. So, okay. Our next one is how to suggest to significant other the implementing boundaries with the ex texting and calling almost daily. We have 50, 50 care and he is opposed to using email or parenting app as texting and calling has been the norm for so long. I find the frequency excessive and intrusive to our time in life. Uh, the one thing that isn't clear is if bio mom is calling the kids or her partner? Oh, this is a fun one. (laughs) And that's very complicated because like, of course, the child has every right to talk to their bio parent on the phone or FaceTime. So I would ask like first, is the parent calling or is the child asking? Now the child's asking 100% that's a yes, but the parent is calling and it's your time with the child. The boundary that needs to happen is like a schedule as in like, okay, throwing in Thursdays and Saturdays work for me. Do they work for you? Like first figure out what the, what is your boundary? What is your schedule like? Right. And then asking, does that work for them or not? And seeing how it goes and having it to be on a schedule would help because we have lives and 
they can't be calling 24 seven when we're busy. And like, we want to enjoy the time with the kids because we don't have them 100% of the time, right? Right. So that is important to establish that boundary and like have it on a schedule, right? And with my daughter's biological father, we have a schedule when they can call and whether they choose to call or not, they are allowed to call and have that um, time with them on the phone. And that would probably be the best way to establish boundaries on like their schedule and then asking questions and just about tone again, how you're asking, you know, so it doesn't feel like you're bossy and telling them what to do. You're, it looks like you are collaborating with them. Right. That is important. I also just want to add that like the other houses don't have to agree to your boundaries so it's like we had to do this with the calling we made a set time like we were like you can call every day between like 9 a.m and 1 p.m but no later than that and she didn't agree to that so but it's like you don't have to agree you can call during those times and we will answer if he wants to call you outside of those times of course we'll let him but that's what's going to happen otherwise we're not going to answer because Right. like she was saying it was just being so intrusive to our life like we would be out and doing something and we would have to stop because bio mom was calling and wanted to talk to him and it's just like he didn't like it either so um yeah just put that boundary in and she does not have to agree to it well said <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is are we ridiculous to ask bio mom to stop volunteering at our kids school on our custodial time Ooh, That's tough. This, this is a gray area number one yes is sensitive <laughs> area because volunteer time to school you know that is she's choosing to work extra on her own time so you can't like tell her what she can and cannot do yeah right and I that is tough because when you have the kids on your time and they see the other bio parent you know it does like you know create change and and things can get messy and then they want to go to the other parent and they forget all the rules what happened at our house and right yeah. and I think it's more like probably having a it sounds like there might be some friction it sounds like if mm-hmm. if she is volunteering at the school so that's what it sounds like and I don't know the dynamic but that's definitely something to talk to their partner about and about how's it affecting the children and like again keeping a schedule to their time because I don't think she can not be asked to not volunteer at the school unfortunately but talking about schedule like hey we have this going on during this week and right and just establishing that boundary like you know we respect her but this is our family too right right and again it's about what's best for the child and even what's best for a child sometimes we don't want to do it but sometimes we have to right exactly yep very well said (laughs) okay so how much alone time is reasonable for me when the stepkid is over at our house as much as you need yeah like there's no rule (laughs) like I, I know like there should be a book on it right to help us out but but, oh, I know. I mean, honestly, it's a balance and how you feel like you deserve alone time. We're all human. Like we are first, we're trying to survive and we want to blossom and we want to be the best versions for ourselves and to be the best versions of ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves. And then it leads to being an awesome parent, an amazing step parent, right? So of course, just take the time you need to take care of yourself, whether that's two hours at the gym or you need an hour reading in the tub or you need 15 minutes outside to do some yoga whatever works best for you right exactly that is definitely something that I've seen a lot of lately is that you can't take care of other people if you're not taken care of so 
uh, whatever alone time you need to be your best self is really going to be the best option. Oh, I love these questions. Oh, I love I this. Know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We just have one more. It's how do you set healthy boundaries on your teenage stepson's cell phone? We provide and pay for it, and, but bio mom uses it to control stepson via text while he is under our roof. We do have screen limits, but do not have texting. Wow. No, this is an interesting one because again, like they don't have control over the cell phone and teenagers are really tough. The hormones, they become defiant. They don't want to listen, especially the phone is very sacred because it's coming from the other parent. So it's like they're carrying a piece of the parent of their parents to them, right? So it's like in their eyes, who are we to tell them, you know, take the phone, we can't take the phone away and all that, right? So again, you know, what is the structure at your house as in like, what are the family rules, you know, with screen time and electronics, right? And I think you should enforce your rules about that because it is your house again and you can't exactly take away the phone or say they are not allowed to bring it if they are allowed to right in the first place. But just more like establishing the time limits as in like, okay, for example, you're not going to use your phone during dinner or in the after late hours, right? You know, so it needs to have some structure and a plan that is appropriate and giving them a reason explain why we're doing this. And there's tons of different reasons. And usually what I talk about with my kids about screen time is it's easy, easy to get addicted to electronic, of course, and you're just stuck on the phone. And even just going outside for 15 minutes is a big deal. And we talk about we want you to be present. Like if you're on your phone for hours and hours, and you're finally are physically off your phone, mentally, you're not present because you've been used to being on your phone. So just talking about the pros of being off the phone and like engaging them in a family activity or something that they value that you go do something together. So that's what I would suggest. Yeah, I think that's a great suggestion. And the whole um like addiction, addiction to like screens is so real. I am so not looking forward to having the like phone rules with my stepson. We're not quite there yet because we just he does have a phone that bio mom got him but we he he never is interested in it so thankfully we don't have that issue yet and I'm dreading it so I don't it's, it's gonna be a tough <laughs> one and you just gotta you know talk about the boundaries and physically you you are not gonna remove the phone but you just talk about it and then go from there and it's gonna take a lot of work and patience but I know you can pull through with it <laughs> definitely I think this is not exclusive to blended families I think everyone needs days has trouble with teenagers and cell phones. Yes, it's it's a huge one. And I check in with my daughter and I talk to her and she knows not to be addicted. And like this summer, she took guitar lessons and she finished a puzzle and she walks her dog and goes outside or reads. She loves to read. So we try to advocate other things that she can do that she likes to do. So she, it doesn't feel like a punishment being off the phone, if that makes sense. Putting them in like other activities to distract them from their phone is a great tip. So if that's an option for this person, I would definitely say to do that too. Right. Okay. Well, I think that's all we have today. Is there anything else that you wanted to share or if you want to share your Instagram or anything for people to follow you? Yes. Thank you for having me again. And definitely stepmoms, stepdads, parents in general, everywhere. Kids are hard, but it's only temporary because the years will go by fast. And like with my baby, I realized like technically I, I only have 18 summers with him and then he's an adult so just embrace it and take care of yourselves and 
And you can follow me um, at underscore G-E-N-E-I-E-V-E on Instagram. Okay, awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes also in case people wanted to uh, find you. So thank you so much for being here. I think it was a good episode. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you for listening to another episode of Raping His Kids. We had a great time with Dominique here and you can go ahead and follow her on Instagram. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. You could like our Facebook page and join our Facebook group as well. We keep meaning to get more engaged in there. Uh, We are also on threads. So follow us everywhere. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to leave us a five-star review.